Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From KMOX Sports, here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The pitch. Swung on. A long drive deep left center. Way back. Is Might be out of here. It could be. And it is! A home run for Bob Gibson. And boy, that was at the 379-foot mark up against a battery of cameras that are placed up there. Bob Gibson joins the list of pitchers who have hit home runs in World Series competition. And the score is now 3 to nothing. Bob Gibson, the great Hall of Famer, the greatest Cardinals pitcher of all time. Now, that's not fair. He could hit home runs, too. He could do it all. He is the greatest. And we remember him today on Sports on a Sunday Morning. We have visited with Ozzie Smith and Joe Torrey and Bill White and Chris Carpenter. And joining us on the line now is Cardinals Hall of Famer Willie McGee. How about that, Willie? Bob just steps up there and knocks one out of the park. That's that's what he was all about. <laughs> Uh, I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised at all. You know, Bob was, you know, Bob was that type of athlete and that type of, uh, you know, person, you know, on the field, you know, he wasn't, you know, no fear of anything and great at just about everything he, he, he uh, attached himself to. Uh, you know, I love uh, sitting and talking baseball with you and your great teammates and coaches and, and hall of famers and, I can't imagine what uh, your experience was like over and over spending time talking baseball with the great Bob Gibson, Willie. I agree. I mean, you, you, you didn't do much talking. You know, I didn't do much talking. You do more listening than you do talking because of the fact that you don't get an opportunity. It ain't like, you know, other teammates where you see them every day, you know. Yeah, Bob, Lou, uh, Red was around a lot, so... You know, we got still got guys like Mike Shannon, but Bob wasn't, you know, he wasn't around to where we can, you know, talk to him every day, you know. So when spring training comes around, you know, like I say, you do more listening than talking. And, I mean, uh, what an influence, man. I mean, you know, watching the videos of him, you know, especially at Bush Stadium, you see that one video of him uh, throwing that slider to, uh, I, I don't know what player it was, but it looked like he was trying to throw the ball through through the backstop, I mean, and the ball break perfectly in there, and you can see the hitter flinch. I mean, that tells you so much about, you know, his fierce competitiveness right there, just seeing that video. And I watch that every game we played. I see that video, and it just uh, it pumps you up, man, I tell you. It, you know, just being around, Bob, just seeing him walking, you know, through as a rookie, walking through the locker room. Uh, you know, sometimes I would be coming through, coming out to the locker I mean, going into the locker room and he's coming out and, uh, you know, just that aura, you know, just that aura, you know, I was uncomfortable, you know, I'm 23. I didn't know, really know Bob well. And you hear the stories, and, uh, you know, it seemed like, it seemed like Bob was 10 feet tall, man. I tell you, I mean, just a feeling you got, you know, but he always made me a better person, a better man. 
and a, a better player from being around him, just being just being around him. It can, he can be talking to somebody else, and still, you know, you felt uh, you felt good. You know, that's Bob Gibson. And that's the, that's Bob Gibson. He told. So, the, I mean, he told the truth, didn't he? Told it like it was. He did. Uh, I mean, and that's what keeps you. You know, just like just like your parents. I mean, it keeps you. It keeps you right. It, it made us appreciate what we had as far as you know the opportunity to play for the Cardinals and to play Major League Baseball. It kept us on our toes because, uh, you know, we had to uh, try to uphold the standards to the best of our ability that that they set before us, and that's why it was it's, it's, it was so great having them guys around, you know, during spring and during the season, you know, because like I said, it's a it, it's a pride thing, you know, and uh, you couldn't have a better a better influence and a better person than than what Bob was as I got to know him. You know, later on, as you get older, you learn to relax and, you know, and you, you know, you really see the type of person that that person really is. Right. I, I think that um, Ozzy talked about this and Joe Torrey talked about this, that he had that hard exterior, but underneath was a very kind and loving man, wasn't he? That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying, you know, and, and uh, it just everybody doesn't have that man. They doesn't. They don't have that. Uh, you know that aura, that 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 vibe that that just it exudes off of them. You know. But then, like I said, you know, it seems like he was the type of person that if you get to know him, you know, like Ozzy, Joe Torre, and and these guys, you know, did that. You know, you get to you get to get under that and through that, and uh, you know, he kind of lets himself. Uh, let yourself shine in another light. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be with Ozzy and, you know, in spring training and sometimes hang out with the guys and, you know, and uh, you see it and it's like, wow. Okay. And it kind of, like I said, you know, you know, that's how we were raised. That's how we were all raised, but to see it exemplified, you know, from guys like that, you know, it, it, it makes you know that you're on the right track and you, you know, nobody's perfect, but we all, you know, trying to live to be the best people and the best uh best uh person we can be you know and do the best job we can do at our at our job and to have an influence like that in a in a uh, a treasure trove of wisdom like that you know to pull from you know kind of you know makes your uh journey shorter you know as far as like uh getting to the consistency of it you know, I thought about how many fans became Cardinals fans because of Bob Gibson, and then I started to think how many people started to play the game and try to be a competitive ball player as a livelihood because of Bob Gibson also. Boy, did he influence a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I can imagine. You know, I can imagine. I, when, I, when, I think when Bob broke in, I was a young kid. So, you know, I'm in California, so you really don't see – and they didn't have the social media and the commercials like uh, like we did, you know, like they do now, where you can see every game, you know. But you still hear you still hear certain names, you know. You still hear certain names. I remember the commercial of uh, Lou Brock, uh, you know, doing the the flowers, you know, doing the flowers commercial, you know, selling uh, uh what it was it. Uh, you know where you can order flowers for a flower company. Yeah, I still remember seeing that on the West Coast. 
And uh, that's when I started thinking about the Cardinals. And then you start seeing the World Series where Bob is in, and my dad used to talk about the games and stuff. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, I don't know, man. It just, it's my heart is heavy, man. My heart is heavy. This has been a tough year for, for everybody, you know, all around, you know, on the field, off the field, you know, in the locker room. It's just been tough. It's been one of the most trying years I think we'll ever see. You know, hopefully this will be one of the toughest and the only like this, you know, and then to lose, you know, to lose, lose people like that, you know, great people, not, not only on the field, you know, but, you know, and with, with Bob and these guys, I mean, it's hard with some of us, you could say, you know, better people than players, but with them guys, it's hard to say that because they were such, such great players that it, it would be, <laughs> man, you know, but you can almost say that with, with these guys. They were great people, too, you know. And I, I'm i just thankful for the time I got to spend. And my heart goes out for the family, you know, because I've been there. I've lost my mother and I've lost my father. And it's uh, it's, uh, it's a tough journey, man. It really is. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, now, now you know, you, you know, you lose people like that and you lose your family and your mother and your father. It's like now school's out. You know, now all the stuff that you've learned that they taught you now, now you have to start uh, applying it because you can't go to them now and ask them questions, you know. So, I, I you know, that's, that was my experience going through this. And I'm sure, you know, being a person, Bob and Wendy, his wife and the family are, I'm sure they, you know, the family is prepared for, you know, not prepared, but. You know, they, I don't know. They yeah, no, gained right. all the gain from each other, you know, to, to weather this. Yeah, and, and I think I agree with you, Willie, and I, and I think that as hard as this is and as sad as we are about uh, the losses that we've had this year, um, I, thought, I think it's going to bring us closer. I think it is bringing us even closer because we have to be. We have to be closer together. And we have to be there for those families, too. And that's what Lou and Bob would want us to do. I agree. I agree. I mean, they exemplified that, you know. They really did. You know, family structure, you know, the love, the kindness, you know, straightforwardness, you know. And uh, that, like I said, that made you approach them, you know, like Bob. You can't approach Bob laughing, you know. You you know, he's going to, and, and, and I've, I do that, you know, people come up to you, you know, and business people and people try to get you laughing to break down your, your, your mechanisms, you know, and it's like, no, no, what, what, what do you need? What do you want? You know? And then you make them come back to reality and then and, and be real right off the bat. I ain't got time, man, to be messing around. What do you want? You don't say it like that, but just your expression lets them know that, Hey man, I ain't here to laugh. What do you need? You know? And, uh, you know, that's the, you know, when you've been around a long time, you learn how to do that stuff. And when you, you know, you've been around professionals like, like these guys, you know, what they had to do and how they had to, you know, maintain their, I don't know, man, I'm yeah. just talking. No, I, lo- I, I, I really appreciate it. And here's the other thing. I'll tell you a funny story about Bob's pride also, because he, he was obviously so, confident in his ability. Tim McCarver told me a story about how he Tim presented 
Steve Carlton at the Baseball Hall of Fame. And in his speech, he said, Steve Carlton, the greatest slider that I ever saw. And mm. and as he said at the end of the of the ceremony, they all got up. All the Hall of Famers are up on stage. And he said through the crowd, I could see Bob coming towards me like swimming his arms through the crowd of people <laughs> and he, get, he came up and he got right right up in my face and said the greatest left-handed slider <laughs> i agree uh, now, now, now i tell you man i i've never faced bob but I, like i say i i see that slider that he threw to i don't know who the player was but on that video black and white i think it was that come up on that big screen every game almost you see it, and he's falling off that mound like he can't stop himself. And that ball breaks right over the plate, the heart of plate, and it's flat. Uh, I can only imagine how the hitter felt, you know, having to compete with that, you know. And that's not only with the aura of Bob Gibson, you know, not only the stuff he had, but fighting through the, the aura, you know. And you don't get that, you don't get that much, you know. You don't get that much nowadays, not much intimidation out there nowadays. And when we play, you know, guys would say stuff when we played the bigger pitchers, try to intimidate you, you know, and, you know, it's, hey, man, this is just a ball game, dude. Throw the ball over the plate. I'm going to try to hit it and move on. You can holler. You can pump your, pat your chest all you want. You know, just when you get ready to throw the ball, we'll be ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and Bob didn't have to do all that. It was just natural. You know, just the fierce competitiveness was just natural, you know. Willie, we absolutely love you, and we thank you so much for taking these times uh, with us, especially during a very difficult time. We know it's not easy to talk about, but it, it has been uh, very very good for us to hear you, and, and we really thank appreciate you. you. All right, Tom, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. There's the Cardinals Hall of Famer, Willie McGee, on KMOX. It's 11:19. We will come back and uh, shift gears just for the moment because the Blues have been awarded something pretty major, and we're going to hear from Chris Zimmerman, the CEO, about that. John Mosellock is going to join us this hour as well as Mizzou football coach Eli Drinkowitz. The tributes to Bob Gibson, just um, tremendous, and we, we appreciate everybody. By the way, we tried to connect it to so Tony had trouble with his cell phone. So I'm telling you, I think it's because the birthday boy is getting blown up with birthday text. That's why. But he sends his best also, Tony LaRusso. Back in a moment on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. It's 1123. What a group there. I mean, my gosh. Ozzie Smith, Joe Torre, uh, Bill White, Chris Carpenter. And Willie McGee, all talking about Bob Gibson, and uh, we uh, cannot thank them enough. And joining us right now is Blues CEO Chris Zimmerman. Chris, before we start talking about the business of hockey, I know that the Blues' hearts are heavy also. With the the passing of Bob Gibson, I saw the Blues uh, send social media messages out to the Cardinals, and and it's, uh, it's a loss for our community. Yeah, well, there's no question. I mean, obviously, one of the major, major figures, not just in Cardinals history, but in baseball history. And, uh, um, yeah, a, a tough loss. And, and obviously our, our hearts go out to um, his family and, and really to all of the of Cardinals nation. It, it, it's a huge loss. 
We uh, appreciate the St. Louis Blues. I know that. That's for sure. And we are very pleased to see that you won Team of the Year in the Sports Business Awards. Chris, it's a, a tr real tribute to you. And if you look deeper into the award, and I did, I watched the presentation and your speech afterwards. The teams that you beat out for this award, this isn't an NHL award. This isn't even a pro sports award necessarily. Uh, this is an award where you beat the Toronto Raptors, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to leave somebody out here. The United States women's national team, I know, was also on that list. Uh, it is a a big tribute to the success and the marketing success of the St. Louis Blues in your Stanley Cup season. Yeah, well, well, thanks, Tom. It, it, it is a, a big uh, tribute and honor. It, it represents, um, if you will, from the Trade Journal, the the, the top uh, performing team, and with the emphasis on the business side. Um, in professional sports, which which that's pretty heady stuff, and uh, um, obviously so many different things came together. As I mentioned, um, when we accepted the award, although it's an award for a 12-month period, you know, so much of the work goes back to really when Tom Stillman and his group took over the the team, and. Uh, you know, that began a commitment, obviously, not just to getting the Stanley Cup here, but also in running the business uh, in a way that, um, quite honestly, gives us the opportunity to keep investing in the team and, uh, you know, creates a level of stability that, that we really hadn't had before. Minnesota Twins are the other team that was on that list. And, and here's the other thing is you were also a finalist for the Sports Business Awards Sports Event of the Year, and that would be the 2020 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend. I think it's pretty clear at this point that the NHL likes St. Louis. We already knew that, but now they consider us uh, one of the, I would go so far as to say, world headquarters of hockey. I mean, if you look around the United States, Canada, and elsewhere, St. Louis is becoming a hockey hotbed and representing part of the Midwest, and I know that your goal is to extend hockey south and west of here as as it continues well the the, the league um has has been a, a really a great supporter I, it really goes back to us hosting the 2017 uh, winter classic at bush stadium um and then obviously we do a lot we did a lot of work with the league to put on a great stanley cup finals and then the all-star game so um there's a partnership there uh, as well as uh, a respect for the impact of this market that that we can have on the game, and um, so yes, that continuing to to make people see um, St. Louis as one of the great hockey markets really in the world um, is our objective. And um, there are other events, whether it be bringing back the Frozen Four to St. Louis or um, eventually getting the uh, World Junior Championships, all of these are the types of events that will um, really put a stake in the ground uh, for St. Louis being one of the great hockey markets. This is Chris Zimmerman, the president and CEO of the St. Louis Blues. 
What are you hearing about a restart of, not a restart, but a start of the next season? We have a Stanley Cup champion awarded, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What a run by the Blues. Was it 475 days as Stanley Cup champion? Uh, When do they start the next season, and and when will we know who you're playing and when? Yeah, so um, quite honestly, um, that all of that um, is is under review now. I think some of it will um, include um, discussions between the league and, and the players' association again. You know, it comes back to what's the safe way for us to to put on on games, uh, both for our players, for our fans, for everybody else around the sport, and. Um, I think the thing that we, we've all learned is our, our planning cycles are really, really short now. We have to be, if you will, close to um, the, the uh, latest developments, obviously on the health side, um, the push towards the vaccine. Um, it's going to take, I think, uh, the, we're going to, over the next four to eight weeks, we're going to be pretty deep into figuring out what's the best way for the league to come back. Well, we look forward to seeing it come back, of course, but we are doing our part and taking it day by day as we all are here in 2020. I do know this, that uh, we appreciate the Blues efforts here in St. Louis and beyond. We love partnering with you on projects and events and we certainly look forward to the next one and the next step forward to getting Blues fans back together and celebrating this team. They're going to be good. Uh, we'll get together with Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube and others on what that roster is going to look like moving forward. But I know this, the, the business roster uh, is churning right now, trying to keep this thing going. And, and Chris Zimmerman is responsible for that along with Tom Stillman and that great group. Uh, thank you for the visit very much. It's always great to have you on these Sunday mornings. Yeah, no, thanks, Tom, and and really thanks to the entire community. Uh, As you know, that's where the strength of of any great team comes from. So um, we look forward to being back together soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for the visit. There is Chris Zimmerman, Blues president and CEO. Quick timeout. We'll come back. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, is next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Gibson has tied the record of Sandy Koufax. 15 strikeouts in a single World Series game. Trying for number 16 right now against Cash to break the record. He takes his set position. He delivers. Here's a pitch. Swing and a miss. He did it. The great Bob Gibson there, the tying strikeout in game one of the 1968 World Series. He, of course, would go on and break that record. We have been talking about Mr. Gibson all morning long. A tremendous roster of guests with Ozzie Smith, Joe Torrey, Bill White, Chris Carpenter, and Willie McGee have all joined us here this morning. And joining us now is the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. John, good morning. Uh, it is uh, always good to talk to you. Our hearts are heavy this weekend with the passing of Bob Gibson. Yeah, just horrible news. Um, I learned about it uh, at the end of our game on on uh, Friday. But, you know, I think obviously the Cardinal fans were blessed to have a player like him. And, and really, like anybody that got to know him or be around him, 
would have great appreciation for the wisdom of the game that he brought. And it was even more than that, just life. And, and so I think all of us that were fortunate enough to, to call him a friend and be around him were so lucky. And it's just been a tough year. Um, I, I mean, obviously, when you, when you look at, at his passing and, and that loss, a lot of our iconic players are, are that generation is, is unfortunately passing. And so with the loss of Brock and now Gibson, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, to really sort of other than reflect and be appreciative of that. It's, it's tough. I'm very struck by the emotions of your club and your current roster when you had Yadier Molina in tears and Adam Wainwright reaching out on social media and Matt Carpenter this morning and on and on. He had, Bob Gibson had a great effect on everybody, and I I appreciate the bond that those players felt with somebody like that uh, throughout their career. Yeah, I think the Cardinals have always had this unique way of 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 reaching back and, and staying connected with their past. And even when I, I don't have a lot of experience to build on here, but when, when I was with the Rockies, obviously there was no history. It was a inaugural team. And, and so there was no, nothing to cling on to. But then when I, I joined the Cardinals and even my, our, my first spring training in, in 96, it was something like, you know, you felt like you were like, walking through like a hall of fame right i mean it was like there were so many great players that were were still putting on the uniform still connecting with the current players and and they did it in such a gracious way but now that i've been in in the game for as long as i have and and spent 25 years with the cardinals other organizations that have that type of history haven't had that connection and i think it you know, part of it is is the cardinal lore, and part of it is is just the individual themselves that want to stay connected. And all of these gentlemen have always wanted to give back to this next generation. And the good news is, we had a generation that wanted to learn and and connect. And so, to your point, it's it's been. Uh, I think these losses have affected a lot of these current players and and even past players, as you mentioned, like a Chris Carpenter that. They realize that these guys are impactful to them, and um, you know, hopefully, they can do the same moving forward. Yeah, I, I see, you know, Yachty and and Wayno, and of course, I, I, I want them to play forever, and uh, you know, w- whether they, whatever they do with their careers, I, I know this that, and I actually said this to Albert Pujols too. I said when I had him on the the Garage Happy Hour, the show that I do out of my <laughs> garage, I said, uh, I know for a fact you're going to wear Cardinal red again. And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, when you slip on that jacket. Uh, you know, I, I, I start to think about Stan and Lou and Red and Bob and that era. And I, and I think about the future. And I, it always goes back to that opening day or a playoff ceremony, those red jackets. I mean, I know there are teams in sports that do it, but... There's something about being a, a part of the Cardinals' history, whether you're a fan, broadcaster, player, coach, front office member, what have you. It's uh, it's incredibly special to think about what's to come also. Well, I think part of that is because of our fan base, and they embrace our team. Um, to your point, I mean, every organization has some form of, of 
celebrating their 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 history and the the special players that made that history. But you know, first off, not every organization has the success that that this organization has been blessed with, and part of that is also because our fan base wants to keep that connection. And you know, even when you think back to like like people like Lou Brock who called St. Louis their home, Red Shandies, Stan Musial, and and you know, a lot of the sort of incredible players that have played in in more recent history don't always call their home city home 12 months a year. And, you know, I think that also has a special part of, of why we have that connection. But, um, you know, look, for Cardinals, we're all lucky because we've had that great history. We've had these great players that have continued to embrace this organization. And, you know, hopefully, um, to your point, there's a new generation coming and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep that going. Mo, there will be a time to unpack the 2020 season and look at 2021 and inspect all aspects of this club. And I know that uh, your group will be in the process and already has been in the process of doing that. This does not feel like the time to do that. But I I do want to ask you, just looking back, how will you remember 2020 and this this season for your club? You have uh, been faced with enormous challenges. And I will say this, I, and I've said this uh, multiple times to you. I just so much respect the job that so many people, including yourself did behind the scenes, some of which nobody, people will never know uh, everything that went on with that team. Well, um, you know, I, I I don't really have an answer yet. Um, I mean, I can state the obvious that we're proud of what we were able to accomplish this year. Um, when you think back to a, a club that basically couldn't touch the field for 17 days, when you think back to a team that had um, 18 positive COVID tests, not to mention the contact tracing, which pulled a few more people out of the uh, the player pool, to to be able to accomplish what we did on the field was was you know quite miraculous. And even when I think back to just like that. Those first two days, or that first two games, I should say, when we were in Chicago, and we we swept that doubleheader, and you know we just hadn't played baseball, and and I think that was sort of the springboard to our season. In other words, um, we knew it was going to be bumpy. We knew um, you know playing eight games in in um, six day or five days was going to be challenging, but there was sort of this like, hey, we're back playing. We're going to make the most of it, and whatever these expectations may or may not be, let's just get through it. And, you know, I think that my biggest takeaway, as I sit here right now, is just the the amount of pride I have in in what our players and staff were able to do. I mean, nobody ever complained. It was was just a very unique group. And we had so many reasons why you could be frustrated or, or, or complain I mean, even like those guys that were, you know, coming on and off the roster and getting, you know, yo-yoed back and forth to Springfield, but no one ever did. And, you know, it was really a remarkable group. And so when people ask me in the short term what 2020 meant to me, it's just going to be a a group of of players and staff that found a way to make it work against a lot of odds. And, you know, obviously it'd be a lot better story if we went deeper in the postseason, um, but it didn't happen. And, you know, this was a good team that, that faced a lot of challenges and they still were able to get to where they got. And and that says a lot. 
I thank you for joining us in these 1130 slots. And I know you told me on the air over and over that it's your job to do this. But I will say that you have made a commitment to joining us live every Sunday at 1130. And if you weren't able to do it, you arranged to record it. And I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And uh, look forward to catching up next week then. (laughs) (laughs) We will will do that. Thank you. All right, Tommy. Thank you. All right, John. Thank you. John Mosellock. Great to have Mo as always. It's 1143. Quick timeout. We come back. Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz will be with us. Tigers lost to the Vols 35-12. to We'll check in with him and a final word as we hit noon here on KMOX. Thank you, all of you, for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Back after this. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Joined by Mizzou football coach Eli Drinkwitz live at 1148. And coach, before we talk a little football about your game yesterday, uh, Bob Gibson passed away Friday at the age of 84. A giant in sports, the greatest Cardinals pitcher of all time. And I'm certain that uh, the Mizzou community uh, feels uh, like we do, that uh, we have lost one of the all-time greats in sports and people. Yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations to him and his family on a life well-lived. And uh, I know the world's a better place because he was part of it. And uh, look forward to continuing his legacy. I appreciate that. Coach, uh, your loss yesterday to the Tennessee Volunteers, 35-12, to 12, I, I thought we would break it into the different phases of the game and start with the good stuff. Uh, your kicking game uh, is really something here. I mean, you, you are, uh, you're perfect in terms of kicking, and I, I know that that uh, is something that is one phase that you got to have, and that, that is certainly in your favor right now. Yeah, I was proud of the special teams, specifically our kickers, our kickoff uh, punters, and, and uh, field goal kicker all did, a, uh, did an excellent job for us, and that's something that we can definitely continue to build on. If we branch out into offense, how would you evaluate uh, that performance and that execution against the Vols? Well, I thought uh, that our, you know, I really felt like Connor Baselick came in and did some really nice things and kind of established himself as a quarterback that we can really move forward with and I think he's going to continue to grow and improve Um, you know we moved the ball well at times Um, we but we had self-inflicted wounds similar to what we did last week we had four drops um, had an interception in the red zone Um, you know critical things that prevented us from really getting over the top I was you know really felt like the momentum had shifted into our favor with about 12 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, we're driving the ball. We're on a 21-yard line, and we end up throwing a pick there. Had you know, had we been able to score there, you know, a chance to make it a one-possession game, and and uh, that's really what we wanted to be in in the fourth quarter. So we're close, but close doesn't cut it. So we got to continue to go back to work and improve. Um, thought the you know, I thought Larry Roundtree continued to prove that that he is a very solid football player in this conference. He's got to continue to improve and play with details, but uh, there's some positives there on the offensive side of the ball. We just got to continue to improve and execute in crucial situations. I mean, the drops really were killer. Um, Three of them were to extend um, drives that were on third downs, and one of them would have been for an explosive play, probably had a chance to be a touchdown. Yeah, and running the football, you mentioned Roundtree, 18 carries for 84. He did have a good game. I know you want to get that uh, run game going from the quarterback position, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we got to take what the defense gives us, and, and we haven't been able to uh, 
you know, the the past two games, the score got out in front of us a little bit too much for us to really establish the run the way we want to continue to do that. And, and we got to look at that and figure out ways that we can stay in the game to not have to abandon the game plan so early. And then looking at the other side, they ran the ball effectively, but I think mostly what hurts is third and fourth down conversions, right? I mean, that's you got to get a stop. Yeah, I mean, we got we we gave up really three long drives, uh, and really the two that took us out of the football game were the uh, one right before half. They had the ball with four minutes left to go, and converted three third downs, um, and then uh, coming out of half, um, they had another drive, a fourteen play drive, and. I uh, had a penalty on the first play, and, and we weren't able to keep them down there backed up. Uh, we had flipped the field. I think they'd got the ball at six-yard line, and they went uh, 94 yards there for a touchdown. And so we got to work to improve. Uh, you know, I know we're all disappointed uh, that we weren't able to handle their run game. Um, really thought we would be able to. And so we got to go back today and figure out where we missed the mark and uh, figure out how to improve. Got a tough test this week uh, at LSU. Um, so it does. It's not going to get any easier. It's only going to get tougher. So we got to get tougher too. Yeah, you got to get some people to help Nick Bolton. Uh, Nick Bolton, that's unbelievable. I mean, I, we talked about him last week. Seventeen tackles. That's a career high for him. He is an absolute machine. He's probably in on more than that. Yeah, he he continues to to play at an elite level, and we got to continue to get some guys around him to play at an elite level. Um, and um, so, we like I said, we got our work cut out for us. That's what we're doing right now. We're going back. We're reviewing the tape, figuring out where we missed and, and how we're going to improve it. I appreciate you checking in with us, as always, on these Sunday mornings. They're very valuable to us, and I know that Mizzou fans appreciate it as well. Good luck against LSU next Saturday. We appreciate your visit. Hey, thanks very much, and uh, we're going to continue to work. Nobody likes being 0-2, least of all players and the staff and i can promise you we're putting in our effort to get this thing turned around stick with us um there's always going to be a price to pay for some change and we're paying that price right now but we're close and keep fighting with us we appreciate that thank you and uh, good luck to all of your group there especially those so i know you, your depth is a little depleted too so it, it's it's a work in progress no doubt thank you coach all right thank you MIT. Z-O-U from Eli Drinkwitz, the Mizzou football coach. And we turn things over to, I don't know, is he a Mizzou fan, Wayne Kaufman? It, it, uh, I've never really talked to you about college football. I know you like those Cardinals, Wayne. <laughs> well, it, it, my uh, oldest grandson just started at Mizzou in August. So oh, there you go. I'm def- definitely a Mizzou fan. I wanted to wrap the show with you uh, because uh, – you have a very special event, and we have a couple of minutes to talk about it, but I will be there on Tuesday at Whitmore Country Club as the Kaufman Fund has done so much for veterans, and the growth has been so important and amazing that I wanted you to lay it out for us here in the last couple minutes as to what the Kaufman Fund, I know that the golf tournament is is pretty much full, and we're going to try to raise some money. We want people to donate to the auction online. But tell us in about a minute or so how you would describe the Kaufman Fund and what it does for this area and beyond. Well, the Kaufman Fund has been helping veterans and some children's organizations here in St. Louis since 1990. And since then, Tom, as you know, we have raised and given away over a million and a half dollars with all volunteers. We have no paid employees. We work with about 25 different veteran organizations here in the St. Louis region, 
from anything that you could possibly think of, dental care, legal help, Christmas trees, mental health. It just goes on and on. And we have grown. We are so blessed to have so many volunteers and so many sponsors, like On the Run, M1 Bank, Steinberg Family, and I could go on and on. And obviously, your support over many, many years with Al Roboski and Jay Randolph has been unbelievable, and I can't thank you guys enough. The mission of the Kaufman Fund to support local veterans and children who are at risk of abuse or poverty, needing food, shelter, clothing, medical care, and basic needs. And the Kaufman Fund Golf Tournament is Tuesday at Whitmore. And the honorary co-chairmen are Jay Randolph Sr., Jay Randolph Jr. The event chairman is Al Roboski, and I will serve as MC. Uh, where can people go? Because if they're not playing, they can still bid, right? As we have about 30 seconds left, Wayne, but where can they go to bid? Absolutely. Go to the, the Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, the KaufmanFund.org. And you can register on mobile bidding. And right now, I would say that's probably what we need the most of right now, mobile bidding on your cell phone or your computer. TheKaufmanFund.org. Wayne, hit them straight on Tuesday, and I will see you there. Looking forward to it, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to our, all of our guests. I mean, I, I can't say enough about all of our guests, and in particular our Bob Gibson contributors today. You can listen to the Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan and Ben Boyd. I'm Tom Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.